You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 362, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scotty, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Eddie. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Super 7 Masters of the Universe Classic William Stout Collection, the SRH Figure Arts Android number 21, and then I'm going to take the new DC 4-inch series from Spin Masters for a test drive. See what I did there? Spin. Mm, test drive. the other yeah. way. Um, okay. Well, we're, I'm going to review them anyway. Hey guys, we're back. Yay. Hello. Yay. We're, we're, it's a new year. It's a new us. We're back and doing things. We're Thank you for people that were happy that we came back. And uh, sorry if we stressed you out by being gone for a while. It was not intended. I was really... But it's a new year and we have new things to talk about. We do have a couple of uh, particularly recorded end of last year that haven't met here over the course as well. And Eddie, how has the start to tell us about 2020 in Eddie land? Uh, well, I had another rotation around the sun, uh, so that's uh, uh, always a, a, a milestone and a marker uh, to begin the year off with. I, I tend to have my birthday the same time every year, so that's very uh, nice. It's, yeah, uh, which it, actually it makes it really easy for me to know how old I am uh, because my birthday is so close to New Year's Day. Uh, whatever okay. the year is, that was just what age I was uh, at the time. So uh, that that's really helpful and handy. And then I've just been uh, working my butt off. Uh, holidays are always my busy time. So uh, nothing super duper uh, exciting. I did, uh, as I've mentioned in another episode that may not be out, I've finished directing a musical, which was a big achievement for me. So at the moment, uh, I'm trying to relax a little bit. Good on you. Very good. And in, in terms of um, collecting and acquiring things, have you collected or acquired anything significant in the new year? Oh, so much. So I've already got the Demo Goblin Wave uh, in for Marvel Legends. Mm-hmm. Got a whole bunch of Star Wars pieces. Uh, I managed to get a hand on the Necker Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, which I'll hopefully review soon. But that's something that sort of, uh, if you're in the Turtles collecting world, uh, people are going a bit insane over. So uh, very happy to have a set of those in hand. And, of course, uh, what I'll be talking about in my review later on. Oh, and also I should mention I had a wonderful box uh, turn up uh, for my birthday from one Mr. Ben that was full with uh, all sorts of different Deadpool surprises, such as many boxes Aww. and Hot Wheels and uh, pop vinyls. Uh, so very impressive. So uh, thank you, Mr. Ben. And um, we, we should send extra thoughts to him tonight because he is um, being a parent at a uh, sleepover um, of young people, which... I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and my sympathies are with you, Ben. You can do it. Um, please don't end up in jail. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Would you kids go to sleep? <laughs> um, I think I've told this story 
like a long time ago, but the very first time that I met Ben was him picking up that I sold him on eBay from our my house. And my kids were quite little then. This is going back a while. And Ben is, um, you know, a rather tall and substantial unit. Um, and you know, he's got a bit of a the spiked hair. Um, uh, it's actually a public servant, but you could mistake him for a security guard kind of look. And my kids, for a, quite a long time, were absolutely terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> I so, still am a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just, you know, I don't. I actually think that he could, you know, his kids could have a sleepover, and I kind of feel like he could have, you know, no real behavior issues because the kids would just all be so scared. <laughs> I, think, I think we should just mic him up because I want to hear the moment where he goes. Um, so according to my spreadsheet, you kids are meant to be asleep. So <laughs> like, make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't, we that doesn't work. Pizza at 7.30, <laughs> Mean Girls Movie Marathon at uh, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. Uh, we have Room for Light Banter, 10.30 is talking about boy crushes, and 11 o'clock is Lights Out. <laughs> asleep. Yeah. 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 We love you, Ben. Um, Adam, 2020, um, in, in terms of events and also acquisitions or um collecting aspirations uh so 2020 thus far is not that old um i'm just trying to think uh back at work haven't done much um i have my last or almost my last shipment of dragon ball figure arts coming um i have one more that is in my pile of loot um and i'm kind of going do i cancel it and get my big bad um store refund or do I go ahead and get it? So we'll see what happens there. Um, otherwise, we talked about how I was probably going to downsize my collection substantially. Uh, so that's based on we plan to refloor three rooms in our house. And as a result, um, we are massively just offloading everything we can that we don't use anymore. So it's almost like a, a bit of a Marie Kondo kind of job. Um, only I think... Oh, I've been told I'm going much harder than that. And I haven't actually read or seen any actual Marie Kondo um so okay. yep <laughs> oh, i thought you were interjecting there no yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I was waiting for you to oh, explain oh, no i was like I, I was like okay i get it sorry that did sound yeah. like an interjection when it really wasn't keep going <laughs> um so what i have started looking at is if i'm going to offload a lot of my figures and hopefully make some money back by ebay auction or whatever other means i use um, I'll probably start looking at getting a couple of um, statues that are Dragon Ball Z related. So I've started planning what um, that might look like, and I think we've kind of got the bones of how we could work that into future shows. So while I'm not actually acquiring stuff, um, and we'll see how that goes. But it looks like it's going to be a very expensive um, adventure. Well, so it's it's like um collecting counselling, right? The um, you know, to, in, how how do I reshape my collecting habits and what should I do? And uh, full disclosure, don't come to Ben or I for questions about restraint. Um, <laughs> like this is like you know when I when I um a couple times when I've you know seen something in person that's been you know not not cheaper or whatever, and I've texted Ben and just been like, oh my gosh, and he's like, what? Well, are you? 
expecting me to say anything other than, oh my gosh, you should buy that right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> See, I think you guys are, are better than me, though, in that like you will sell things off to make room in your collection yeah, and yeah. Ben will too. Whereas I, I would get really nervous about the idea of selling anything. Uh, like even Adam, I talked to you on our uh, behind the scenes piece where you're like, Oh, I'm not too sure if I'm going to get rid of this piece or not. And for me, I'm like, then, then just don't get rid of it. You'll, you, you could regret it. And it's, it's, it's you, you if if there's any doubt you you, you should uh, just just keep a hold because uh, i i have dabbled in selling before and uh i would say probably about half of that i've ended up rebuying over the years <laughs> I so think the, i i'm very uh the thing that has freed me up to to do that is when we like our house that we live in we we built the house and if you've never built a house before there's a lot of things expenses after the thing is done like you know landscaping and that sort of thing that people they they don't talk to you about in much detail because they want you to spend all the money on the house and when we kind of realized oh okay we've don't have a lot of expendable cash after doing this and we've actually got a bit to do and i didn't i i hate credit and stuff and so we at the time i was collecting marvel premium formats and so i sold them and paid for our landscaping and and like driveway and and stuff and i there's there's a couple of pieces there that i'm really glad i owned and often think about but at the time i thought you know what if if at some point you could be in a position to get these back if you wanted but right now you're and it's just it made me then just decide you know what i've spent enough money on this and now money to keep consuming needs to actually come from recycling if that makes sense and that's that's partly where i'm at as well i'm kind of going well if i have to empty out the rooms i am going to be i don't have space we don't have space in the rest of the house to put everything i'll be damned if i'm paying for a storage unit for stuff um See, so I pay for right. a storage unit for boxes yeah. of boxes, but anyway, this is okay. I am not paying for a storage unit. The point at which I need a storage unit in my mind is that means I've just got too much crap that I don't use and cannot use, and mm-hmm. so that means if I'm not using it, it goes. As far as I'm concerned at the moment, I'm just like, nah, if I'm not using it, it's gone. That's the end of it, and then I'll have actual space in the house where I can actually live and enjoy myself a bit more. Um mm. And so that's kind of the approach that I'm taking, and we're also looking at um, changing the layout of the rooms a bit because at the moment um, they're both meant to be our individual studies. Um, Beck doesn't really use her individual study, so I'm going, right, well, I'll take her individual study and we'll turn my room into more of a, a casual little lounge area or relaxation nook where we can both just hang out when we want to. Well, that's good. Relaxation nook. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Cool, man. Um. I'm. I have. I don't know that I've actually acquired. Oh, that's not true. I have more probably. Finally, been able to unpack and enjoy some things that I got before Christmas because we've been away and stuff is happening. Um, but one thing I mentioned in our 2019 year in review that I'm really enjoying is the uh, Artist Alley series from um, DC Collectibles, and I was late to the party with the first ones that came out, which were the Chris Uminga, um, Batman, Flash, etc. And, you know, they were around for quite a bit 
uh, for like under $50 here at Zing, etc. And I was like, oh, those are cute. And then when I uh, got the uh, Chrissy Zulo series, that's the, you know, Wonder Woman, Batgirl, um, Supergirl, etc. It made me really go back and look at the, the rest because they're so fun. And while Wonder Woman, Flash, Superman are still you can get them for around that price um bat the batman the regular batman on the secondary market is like insane that's over 200 dollars. and um so i just you know when there's like oh i want to go back and buy these things but there's the one thing i don't think i'm going to be able to get and if i can't get that then i don't know if i want the rest yeah yeah and so anyway i just have been kind of playing the long game and i managed to find someone on eBay selling all four of them for less than what I would have to pay for Batman from anybody else. And, um, you know, when you're like, Oh, I don't think you know what you've got, but uh, buy it now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so they arrived yesterday and I'm love them. Um, and there's an Aquaman coming out in that series, which obviously is a must. So, um, that, that's really cool. So I'm enjoying them. And then that has gotten me onto, um, the, uh, the, the I have the Newligan um, series. I actually reviewed the Batman Newligan on the um, the the show. Those are really um, cool. But then there's another series, and forgive me while I Google on the show, which is just I know great. Um, I was going to say television, but thank God nobody can see me. Yeah. Uh, um, the oh, here we go. Yeah, the oh, what are they called? Joe Ledbetter. Um, series where it's got like Batman as a bat and Robin is a Robin, etc. And the the Batman is huge. It's so cool. Um, so I'm just really yeah, enjoying that sort of stuff. And partly it's because I'm redoing my display and I space for where those etc. So that's been my kind of thing. And then I stumbled across the um, Spin Masters DC 4-inch stuff, which I'm going to talk about later. So that has been fun and interesting to unpack as well. All right. Well, I think we've caught up. We've acquired or discussed about what we're not acquiring or um, what we're disacquiring. And we will take a short break. We will um, check and work out if disacquiring is a word or not. I'm pretty sure. And when we come back, we'll use real English words and we'll talk about real toys. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Over the years, various hosts of this show have uh, collected the Masters of the Universe Classics line, um, from some from the Maddie Collector day, some of us gave up at the Maddie Collector days, some of us kept going, and one of us, I think, has kept going right until the end, and that is Eddie, and Eddie is going to talk tonight. Do we need mournful in intro music to the end of this, or is it going out with a bang? Yo, 
Yeah, it's it is a bit uh, bittersweet. So uh, for those that don't know, and this is something that I haven't talked overly much about on uh, the podcast um, because it's sort of uh, it, it it has been on its kind of death march. Uh, really, since I, I kind of joined, uh, it's it's been kind of slowing yeah. down rather than speeding. A lot of up, things but... have been March since you joined, but anyway, it was... yeah, <laughs> uh, the English language for one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but uh, I I am actually a very big uh, He-Man uh, fan. I uh, particularly of uh, this Masters of the Universe classics line. Uh, it's in a lot of the ways uh, a reason for why I'm here today. This was uh, the line that actually got me really purchasing toys online in 2000. And, uh, I was a little bit late, so it was like 2009. Uh, I really started going in uh, for the Maddie Collector sales because you couldn't get these guys uh, at uh, retail. I had did a you used to get up in the to... middle of the night to order them? I did. I, oh, me it too. Was, and I'm like, this is how insane. Weirdly, something that I kind of enjoyed, you would always kind of set the alarm for either 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. You would get up. And I, I was quite lucky. I always... Uh, seem to have very good uh, connection, and I seem I used my iPhone, which seemed to work a lot better than wow. the computer. So I really never missed out on too much in terms of the Maddie Collector sale yeah, time. So you'd sort like of too, I'd you know get in right at the beginning, and then you know sit and gleefully watch people complain in despair. Um, yeah, online. I I do I do think there might have been something to do with being an international server or something mm-hmm. because it did mm-hmm. seem that uh, a large amount of trouble seemed to be from people in the states rather than yeah uh, or who internationally were up and around and doing things and it was kind of easy in a way for it being two a.m. and not being like your lunchtime twelve o'clock yeah, and you yeah, had yeah. to and find time at least at 2am it's like okay i'm free and available and i can just sit here refreshing the screen until it uh finally drops up and then yeah nicking over to he-man.org and going into the threads there of people (laughs) losing oh i got the white screen of death i'm stuck uh do i refresh don't i refresh um and yeah they they were kind of crazy times it's like did you get one yeah i managed to get one what about other people turn that always be some bastard i got seven of them (laughs) all all that sort of community that would come and it was kind of the first yeah yeah it was kind of the first figures too that i remember coming out and they'd be coming out uh individually um, so you'd be like, oh, I wonder what uh, the months in like three months time, the next one that's going to be revealed is and uh, all this uh, sort of theorizing that was going on and uh, guessing and people losing their nuts when like the robot chicken molar figure came out and people were like, oh, this is taking a spot away from uh, Gwildor or Mechanek and uh, we'll never get that character now because we got molar. <laughs> just being like oh that's that that's cute you guys you guys think that's how that works that's cute um and yeah so it was, it was a fantastic line in its prime uh unfortunately yeah there were things going on with uh maddie collector and mattel and you know these guys are big companies and it's never going to be 
a hundred percent for the fans. It's going to be at the dollar at the day, end of the day, and where they're going to get their best um, money spent, even if it means poor customer service and outsourcing and uh, all that. But even through some of the hard stuff, it was always a fun thing to collect, and mm. uh, it did just sort of start to die down a bit. Eventually, Maddie Collector packed it in. They sold it off to Super Seven, so I have everything from the Mattel days. Uh, including the Castle Grayskull. Uh, and that was actually going to be one of the first things I did for the show that I never actually got around to is reviewing uh, the Castle Grayskull. Um, but uh, once it went to Super 7, um, and obviously them being a much smaller company and massive delays between uh, being made for order, so when you order and when the figure actually comes and ships out, I started cherry-picking more and started waiting uh, mainly until the figures were already out and buying the ones that I wanted on the secondary uh, market. But I did uh, get most of the classic ones. I skipped out on the Grayscale collection, the Filmation ones, Mm. just because I had this massive Masters of the Universe classics collection, and the Grayscale ones were expensive for figures I already had in a more basic style. Uh, But if you remember the Toy Fair episode uh, from 2019, uh, my big thing that I was going nuts over is they had managed to work out a deal to make figures based on the 1987 Masters of the Universe movie. And this was big for me because I was a bit too young for Masters of the Universe, so I didn't really get to watch uh, the cartoon other than a handful of of videotapes but one thing that generally played all the time here in australia on tv uh was the 87 dolph lundgren movie so uh as bad as this why movie uh because i was a kid and it was kind of like the new gods really if you look at the the script and why why was it always on telly oh i imagine just uh because it was cheap uh it was one (laughs) of those uh i i I've heard this term and I don't know where it comes from, but they're called chestnuts. And a chestnut is like uh, when a film is really cheap. So a TV network will play it all yeah. the time. Uh, yeah. So Bird on the Wire was a famous one here in Australia. Uh, Bird on the Wire was on about every three months uh, for some reason on Channel 7 in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, yeah wow, films like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I have a lot of nostalgic love uh, for that movie, um, particularly Frank Langella's portrayal of Skeletor. Uh, now, I should uh, mention, uh, because it is hard to talk about the movie and not mention it, uh, obviously the director of the film is quite a controversial figure these days, and because of that it has tarnished Uh, the way some people do feel about these uh, figures uh, being connected to the movie. So uh, I definitely do respect uh, if that's enough that people have been uh, turned off picking up these figures, no matter how big a He-Man fans they are, if uh, that's how they feel, um, then uh, I can definitely understand and respect that as well. Uh, I I can sort of separate myself uh, from these figures and from the director who worked behind the camera uh, on these films. Uh, now, one thing you will note uh, is that this is called the William Stout collection. And uh, these figures uh, had not been made before because there was a weird 
piece in the contract where William Stout, who was the designer uh, for the movie, actually kept the rights for these designs. And he, for some reason, had a massive conflict with Mattel and he refused to give them the designs to use uh, for action figures after the initial uh, release of the movie, uh, which is why we never sort of got uh, versions of them later on in 2002 or the uh, Mattel-driven Masters of the Universe Classics line. In fact, we were told... Uh, by the head of the line uh, during Classics uh, when it was at Mattel that we most likely would never see uh, figures based uh, on the movie. But once it came under Super 7, uh, William Stout was much more willing to work with them uh, and licensed his designs to uh, Super 7. So it's technically not figures based on the movie, even though clearly they are. Uh, it is technically figures based on the design work uh, of William Stout, even though they did go to lengths to get the likeness rights from Dolph Lundgren uh, to use for the He-Man figure. Uh, so uh, this is a hell of an intro uh, to jump into <laughs> themselves. It's they all good, are, man. I love it. Uh, the last wave of Masters of the Universe classics. Uh, that are being produced by Super 7 through license uh, of Mattel uh, and William Stout. They technically are late 2019, though pretty much everyone I know have been receiving them in January 2020. They are action figures. Um, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what a Motu classic figure is and what that entails. So when talking about the packaging you can also get a pretty good idea of uh, the packaging these guys come in with the sort of green grayscale box and the um, classic Motu burst at the top. Uh, Weirdly, the He-Man figure is a bit taller than regular figures, so his head is actually hidden behind the title card of Masters of the Universe Classics in the box. It's his shoulders down is kind of what's visible, uh, which is a little bit weird, but... uh, these guys aren't appearing on toy shelves, but if you're a mint in box collector, that might be something that is going to annoy you uh, over the years. One thing that I did find interesting is on my big case box, uh, it actually gave me the Super 7 details, and I know mine is uh, two, sorry, 3,934 of. Uh, 4,000 of these uh, that have been shipped out. Yeah, it's um, the cases were numbered uh, that were coming through. Now, I don't know if this is exactly the amount that were produced was around uh, the 4,000 or if that includes, you know, the sort of review samplers that they send out to the big wigs like Pixel Dan and whatnot or uh, other ones. But I would say it would be a fairly rough idea of what numbers these guys are being produced in, which seems to be about uh, 4,000 of each figure. And this is, I would guess, their best-selling line of figures they've done so far because they also had this on the recent uh, Castle Grayskull filmation figures that are just starting to hit as well. And that's around uh, just below 2,000. Um, according to their number markings on those. So uh, there's twice as many of these as the Filmation-style 
uh, figures that are being grabbed, but still immensely low numbers. Uh, I remember that uh, Mr. Gold, the Lego uh, hunt figure that people were going crazy for in those mini blind bags, uh, I believe there was between sort of seven to 10,000 of him. And uh, Lego collectors were struggling like mad to find him. And there's even half of those uh, have been produced theoretically for this line. So uh, when you're talking about uh, figures for us adults uh, being produced uh, for made to order, uh, we're really talking tiny numbers here, which is a part of where the cost uh, of these guys does come into play. Uh, so I can't remember exactly because I actually ordered these uh, about a year ago and I did order them uh, with some Conan the Barbarian figures that are yet to ship. Uh, so they did end up splitting the shipping of the case. They were originally meant to come out at the same time and ship all together. Uh, but I think roughly I paid about $300 Australian for these four uh, figures, which is getting uh, a bit on the excessive side, but uh, they are in a way, sort of special, made to order. Uh, now, the sculpt work on them is where these guys really do shine. That does uh, have elements of the Masters of the Universe classic while really appearing as if it stepped off the screen. Uh, the more I hold and look at uh, the He-Man figure in particular um, and look at the Dolph Lundgren uh, sort of sculpts uh, that they've done on this head it is quite incredible and all the intricate design that is done on his armor pieces uh, as it comes in i mean it was a very 80s design film uh if you'd sort of know those 80s barbarian sword and sandal films you've got an idea about the kind of design level uh that exists like his chest piece almost looks like you could pull it out and use it to hunt uh mad eye willie's treasure with the goonies with something along or something from uh, that would be on the cover of the book, your never-ending story. It, it is very much that kind of design style that was popular uh, at the time. Uh, but it is some fantastic work uh, by the Four Horsemen. Now, He-Man does actually come with two heads. There is one that is a Dolph Lundgren head, and there is one that is a more toyetic uh, He-Man face sculpt that we've been getting in the Masters of the Universe classic line with the Dolph Lundgren uh, hair that's stuck on top. Uh, I don't particularly like this head. I, I understand why they've included this, just in case you want something that more stylistically fits uh, with the other He-Man on your classic shelves. Uh, but really, I can't imagine you buying this figure and not displaying it uh, with the Dolph Lundgren uh, head. The Skeletor uh, ma uh, basic figure, uh, which is Skeletor, um, kind of despot, he's listed on the packaging, uh, is the sort of uniform he wears for most of the film, which is kind of this big uh, black cloak. Uh, but uh, on the figure, you're able to see uh, all these nice details that I hadn't really been able to ever make out watching the film uh, before because it's very dark colours. Uh, he has these kind of cool sci-fi gauntlets on, uh, and the head sculpt is really fantastic. They didn't need the Frank Langella likeness uh, to it because obviously he wore uh, such heavy makeup, 
but the way they've kind of sculpted it, it does uh, give that effect of it kind of being like a makeup mask that's being worn. There's a little bit of flesh just under his eyes uh, where he had it uh, in the actual sort of costume uh, piece. Uh, and once again, it is that kind of basic uh, Motu buck, but uh, it is hidden under a ton of beautiful movie design sculpting. Uh, now, the piece that really shines with all the beautiful sculpt work is the second Skeletor figure that you get in this wave, uh, which is God Skeletor. So this is Skeletor at the end of the film, where he finally gets uh, the power of Skull and turns himself into a god. He has this beautiful headdress piece on that reminds me uh, of Mandarin Spawn figure. Uh, that McFarlane did over the years. Now, the outfit here, people have complained because it is pretty much just a head swap on the regular Skeletor uh, figure. Uh, but this is really how it was in the movie. They didn't have a big budget, so they actually used the exact same Skeletor outfit, um, just colored gold. He does have a different belt, belt buckle uh, with a tassel hanging off it, and he's got this sort of big... Uh, ornate headpiece on uh, but that's also how it was in the movie so uh, there's no real reason to get uh, a different uh, sculpt or buck on here because that's uh, how it looked now the ornate headpiece is just incredible and it's great to finally look at this uh, up close and there's still some beautiful sculpting going on uh, in terms of the mask look on his skull chin uh, that's appearing underneath with sort of a great grimace uh, coming off him and the last figure in the collection is Karg, who was a henchman of Skeletor made up specifically for the movie. He was one of three characters made for the movie in terms of Skeletor's villains uh, that never got his own figure. So there was also Sawrod and Blade. They got their own figure in the uh, original uh, vintage uh, line of He-Man. Uh, now, I did misspoke. Uh, Karg actually did get a figure, and he got a figure recently. He uh, finally got a figure in the Masters of the Universe Classics collection just before this one. Uh, but because they didn't have the uh, full movie rights at that time, he's actually based on how he appeared in the movie adaptation comic book, which is a hugely different. He's in all these sort of garish colors. He has orange hair and a bright blue suit and uh, all that. But what they actually had done was they sculpted him to look as much like the movie as possible and then just colored him like the comic book. So this is that exact same figure again, just painted uh, in a more realistic movie design fashion. And it's amazing just how much detail in this figure I hadn't noticed compared to the comic book version of him that was always there. It was just um, once he got the proper washes and pieces on, uh, it really gives me the idea that this was what this figure was sculpted for and designed for, uh, is for this movie line. And they just sort of used uh, the sculpt uh, in advance in the other wave. The only difference between this Karg and the comic book Karg is his hook hand. Uh, it's a more of a classic cartoon hook on the comic book figure where this version has a bit of an ornate uh, design, but everything else on him is the exact same. 
uh, including his accessories. He actually comes with a weird kind of dentist tool accessory that comes from the comic book version, Not uh, is never sort of seen in the movie here uh, with this guy. Uh, the color choices that are used, speaking of which, are really good. They're fantastic uh, choices that uh, really do look different from the rest of the Masters of the Universe classic wave that does go much more bright colors. These ones being based on an 80s sword and sandal movie, are a lot of browns, blacks, and gold ornate pieces. Now, the quality of the paintwork is variable. Uh, I got quite lucky. Most of mine uh, does seem to be uh, where it's meant to be and uh, fairly well applied. I think that comes from the fact that mine was such a low number in, uh, such a high number, sorry, I should say, in the shipment. Um, They probably had worked out all the kinks and how to paint it, but I have seen a lot of versions where sort of the red dots on jewels or pieces like that are a little bit wonky and a bit off which normally wouldn't be the end of the world, but considering these guys are very expensive figures, I can uh, understand if you got one with a paint issue, uh, you're going to be a bit disappointed. So uh, if you haven't uh, pre-ordered these uh, a year ago uh, and you're buying them off the secondary market, I would definitely try and get as much pictures from the seller uh, as possible uh, to try and weed out anything like that. Uh, Articulation-wise, if you've picked up a Masters of the Universe classic or any of the variation on the figures that they've done at DC and whatnot, uh, you know exactly what you're getting. The only thing that might surprise people is that very late in the classics line, they have added wrist articulation in, and these guys do have it. Uh, Some of the pieces are uh, a little bit wonky. Uh, particularly on the wrist pieces and a couple of the ankle articulations are a little bit looser than I would like them to be, Uh, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, Accessory-wise, they do come with their movie accessories. So uh, He-Man comes with his power sword that is the design from the movie, uh, a blaster that he carries around uh, in his belt buckle, Uh, as well as a knife. Now, you don't really get to see much of the knife in the movie. It's just there in a sheath on his belt. So what they've actually done is they've sculpted it like the Masters of the Universe Classics Power Sword, uh, which is kind of cool. It's like getting a little miniature version uh, of the Power Sword uh, to have so kind of a replica of uh, the uh, toy Power Sword that you can give your He-Man to have that's in scale with how... Uh, the power sword is to us and a real tiny dagger that he's able to sheath into his boot. Uh, Skeletor comes with his movie accurate sword and his movie accurate uh, Havoc staff, as well as the cosmic key, the big MacGuffin uh, of the movie. Now we have gotten a few versions of this in classics before it is a staple now of the masters of the universe law uh the difference being that this version is uh finally one that is a hundred percent film accurate and not sort of red prongs and based on the toy we got in the 80s uh now god skeletor uh does just come with his havoc staff uh painted all gold uh he's doesn't really have much else with him and Karg uh, comes with a blaster and that weird sort of dentist tool from the comic that I mentioned earlier. 
so that's uh, the bulk of the line covered. In terms of Dolly rating, how would I give it? Um, verbally. I, you, you would yeah, give it verbally. I would uh, <laughs> give this Dolly line uh, 8 out of 10. Uh, a lot of it is nostalgia that's getting me there. I am very uh, happy to finally have figures based on this movie on my shelf. Uh, they are really well-made figures, but uh, they do lose points, one, in uh, the quality for what you're paying uh, is a big gap. I mean, you're looking at sort of 60 to $70 uh, a figure here, uh, and they are kind of comparable to a good figure like a movie Marvel Legends that you would pick off the shelf um, for like $35. And they are based on the Motu buck that comes from 2008. So there is an element of holding these figures and trying to pose them uh, that does kind of feel dated now that we're in 2020. I mean, these figures are based off sculpts that came out uh two decades uh <laughs> ago uh, that's that's some very rough math but um just to sort of give a point in uh you know that the buck hasn't really evolved or changed too much over the line but action figures themselves have we're living in a world where mcfarlane toys have butterfly joints and these guys it, it's still some stiff posing uh that is going on so uh, it does have its limitations, but really, if you've come this far with classics, if you are a huge He-Man fan, if you're a big fan of the 87 movie, uh, this, this is it. There, there's, there's nothing else out there. And getting figures that we never thought we'd have uh, and also uh, figures that are the main two, Skeletor and He-Man, uh, in the designs that people have wanted for years and years. Uh, it really is a great line uh, to end uh classics on so as much as it may have been on its slow death merge uh over the years uh it, it has gone out on a high note so it does also get a point for that so i think eight out of ten is fair mm. so how do you see yourself uh do you display all of these or how do you manage these i do i i have so in my big geek cave room I've got three bookshelves of Marvel Legends figures, uh, about half-ish of uh, Star Wars Black, a shelf of DC, un a, a whole bookshelf of DC Universe classics, a bit of a miscellaneous shelf, and I've got uh, one and a half plus a uh, bit of an old uh tv display entertainment system shelf that has a lazy susan and the uh castle grayskull uh on it and uh so because of that the masters of the universe classic is one of the centerpieces uh in my geek room uh shelf so i haven't quite figured out what shelf i will put these guys on because i have it broken up into uh here's the classic uh figures that came out in the vintage wave here's sort of the extra figures that came out because of classic here's the new adventures and shearer shelf uh so do i put these guys with the vintage ones so they, they can go with blade and sawrod and gwildor that we did get already or do i make a whole new sort of movie section with the other variables like the mini comics 
guys or something along that. I haven't quite decided there, but uh, yeah, I, I will have these guys out on display. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for that, Eddie. That not only was a great review of these figures, but also I think a good send-off to the Masters of the Universe Classics line. I think we've got to definitely tip our Super 7 for picking this up and, and doing a great job. And um, we will look forward to what's ahead. Are you going to do Thundercats Super 7? Thundercats I'm playing the long game on, uh, okay. similar to how I've been doing the Masters uh, figures. I uh, might wait till they are out and then when sort of secondhand sellers have them, uh, okay. pick and choose. Uh, I do have the Ninja Turtles classics that Super 7 are doing. I've got the first wave of that unordered because that had Raphael and Raphael's my boy, so there was no way I wasn't going to get uh that one uh and i do have the conan the barbarian uh at least the comic book classic versions coming i was thinking about ordering the movie conan figures but uh we kind of weren't doing a show at this time but it would potentially be a red card the awesome conan figure that they showed off based on the arnie movie uh at i believe it was san diego uh, that then the one that they put up for pre-order was completely different. And uh, I have a feeling there's uh, potentially some behind-the-scenes uh, things that they might not have the likeness to Arnie and they had to change some things because that head sculpt uh, seemed to go drastically downhill. But uh, that's just me speculating. Take that with a grain of salt. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to wait and see on those ones as well. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that. We will take a short break. We will come back in a moment, and Adam will talk to us about... Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks' Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeze! The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each sold separately. It's time for our second toy of the week, and that means it is time for Adam to speak to us about something he has recently acquired. Go, Adam. Thank you. Uh, so I am talking about the SH Figure Arts Android number 21, um, or just Android 21. Uh, this figure was produced by Bandai. Surprise, surprise. It was a 2019 release, and I got mine in 2019. Um, and it is an action figure. It still goes for about $60 US and seems to be fairly easily available. Um, <laughs> so that's um, that's always an option if you enjoy this review and think you want to get one of these. But the first thing you've got to ask yourself, well, there are really two things. One is, do you know what Android 21 is? Because I still am somewhat confused, having not played uh, the video game she comes from. And the second one is, do you like pink? Because pink is, like, everywhere on this figure. The box is largely pink. Um, the skin tone of the figure is pink. The hair is pink. Uh, it comes with an additional tail you can plug in, which is pink. Excuse me. So pink is um, – it better be one of your go-to colors, or you're probably going to go, yeah, maybe maybe not so much. Um, so, yeah, as far as the, the origins of the character, so this character – 
comes from the video game Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, which came out is that 2018, Eddie? Uh, yes. Okay, huh. so it's a it's a bit old now. Um, me not being so good at fighting games and uh, not playing so much console games and not having a, a um, controller for my PC that would allow me to play such games well, uh, I have skipped this. Um, it seems like this character's origin is possibly the most confused um, in all of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I don't believe something it. About, yeah, something about <laughs> she's a scientist, but she's actually an android. But she's an android, like, Cell is an android, and she's got cells of all the Z fighters, plus Freezer, plus Cell, plus Margin Boo. Yeah. Um, plus there's something about she splits into a good side, or she has a good side and an evil side, and eventually she splits the two of them, and I don't know. Just, just yeah, sure. Yeah, I, you, you've done a – that's about as best a job as you can of explaining it without it going even more uh, – yeah. I just have to insane. say, this is absolutely hilarious because of all of the figures that you've ever reviewed, this is the first one that I've looked at and been like, oh, wow, I really can't wait to hear about this and, you know, who this character is, whatever. And so, of course, then you're like, yeah, I don't really. The, uh, <laughs> the thing that I find funny about this is that uh, the reason why this character is uh, a bit of a to-do is it's a character designed by Kira Toyama for the video game and uh, people seem to get very excited about this because they're like, oh, it's a new character designed by the creator of the show. But he designs a new character for pretty much every piece of merchandise that seems to come out. Like there's a new um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot game, which uh, I'm actually quite enjoying. Uh, that's quite good. But there's a new character in that that he's designed just specifically for that game. And there have been other ones in the past, like Xenoverse and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think a character designed by Kira Toyama that he's probably just pulled out of his uh, drawer at home and been like, here, I use this. Put a little burst on the packet and say, uh, yeah, new character. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, needless to say that, you know, if you've looked at some of his early design work for things like um, what Boo was going to look like and looked a lot more like Cell, um, you look at any of the interviews about. Um, things from the original Dragon Ball Z run recently and goes, oh, did I say that? Did I do that? Oh, okay, sure. Because he completely, when he retcons things, it's because he's completely forgotten largely about what he did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So uh, don't don't hold him as a god anymore, really. <laughs> um, but back to the figure. Um, so, yes, we, we've covered that it, the character has an interesting backstory and there's a lot of pink. So it's... Um, Obviously, Android, well, not obviously, Android 21 is a female Android, so she has the appearance of a female anyway. Apparently, uh, when she is not in fighty-fighty Android mode, she is um, a scientist with auburn hair, blue eyes, and a harlequin dress. Um, I'm not sure how she has acquired her job since she seems to be somehow less than 10 years old, but we'll move on. Um, and she has... <laughs> She has some sort of motherly affinity to Android 16, despite that Android 16 was never an organic life form. And at the time at which she shows up, that's got to be more than 10 years in the past. Oh, yeah, I'm still confused about her origins. Um, you're you're case, really selling me. <laughs> yeah. So she has a massive, massive um, mop of hair. Uh, it's quite unruly. 
and it is in a very light pink, like almost kind of white, whitish, grayish pink. Um, she's got a, a face there. She has uh, four optional portraits. The one that I have fitted by default is she's kind of uh, looking down and to the right, and she's got a cheeky little smile. Um, there's another one which is looking down and to the left with just kind of a, I don't know, kind of smart, a little bit of a smirk. She's got one where she's looking straight down and straight ahead, and she's got her mouth open like she's yelling, but I think it's more like she's laughing. And there's one um, good Android 21 uh, face where she's got her eyes looking a little bit up and to the left and a little bit kind of the um, almost the Sailor Moon, I'm a good little girl smile, um, where she just kind of looks a bit, bit demure. Um, so those are the options there to swap them out you like normal take off her bangs um and then you find out there's a lot of horror going on under here so if you look at the portraits um and you extended the portrait upwards it would be like a cone head uh, from the movie cone heads so it's very mm -hmm. triangular mm -hmm. that plugs into instead of a skull or, you know, a flesh-coloured piece. It's just uh, the mess of hair. The hair is all that there is going on behind her, her face, um, apart from, like, where that plugs into her, her ball joint for her neck. Um, the neck is less articulated than normal because normally the neck is a two-part piece where there's a ball joint at the top for the head, then there's the actual stem of the neck, and then that kind of plugs in on a, a post or a bit of a swivel into the kind of the collarbone shoulders area. Um, and it doesn't have that second joint plugging into the collarbone shoulders for this figure, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but there you go. So that's easy enough to swap hair, uh, swap portraits out. The hair has um, a big articulated piece at the bottom. So the bottom part of the big shaggy hair can go backwards or it can come back down. Uh, when it's down, her hair is sculpted so that it fits neatly up against her back, which is quite helpful for her. Um, the base of her hair before it reaches her shoulders actually prevents the Elaine Venice stance. So there's some articulation Aww. there. Yeah. She can't get her head tilted back far enough to really Venice stance, um, which is disappointing for her. She has um, just a simple ball joint, so it's not really butterflied from her torso because it's a very small, compact um, female body. There's not really enough room for a butterfly joint. Um and that's so that's the standard kind of ball joint shoulder. Uh, she has standard disc elbows, which I'm still quite annoyed about. But on this figure, it doesn't really matter that much because her shoulder articulation allows it to her arm to swivel around pretty much the whole way from the top shoulder part. And the colouring means it doesn't really look off when you do that. Um, forearm, yep, that's um, one piece of plastic with an articulation point for her wrist. There are numerous, numerous hands that swap out. Um, there's one on her right hand that, you know, it's probably some kind of attack, but it looks like she's trying to imply cunnilingus if you put it up against her face. Um, oh. Yeah. There's another one where she's kind of got her fingers, fingers all out, but it looks like she's pointing with one of them on her left. She has a hand for holding a donut. She has a donut. Um, she has a pointing finger, clenched fist right hand. Um, a couple of crappling hands. She has a donut. Uh, we've talked about the donut holding hand. She has a fingers all splayed right hand. She has a karate chop right hand. And she has kind of a, looks like it might be another donut holding your hand for her left. Um, so plenty of hands. Um, 
articulation at the in the torso is an interesting one. So it is a two-piece articulation. So there's one is the the cut is just below her tube top, her nice black tube top, and the other is um, essentially a post articulation um, at the waist. Now the one of the waist has the um, the top of her pants as a separate floating piece. So that that does actually get in the way a little bit and lifts up um, because it's sculpted to fit the base of her tail at the back. However, um, she's quite good at rotating her body through, so she looks like she'd be an excellent hula hoop dancer. I think that's fantastic news for everyone that wants a hula hooping figure. I'm um, for sure. Yeah. She has the T-piece crotch. However, it seems that the um, cut of her jib or the cut of her um, top of her pants is vastly improved from most of the other figures where it's a solid waist piece or um, a form-fitting piece of rubber because you can actually get her leg all the way up. So um, it does go out to the side, but she can kind of reach out and touch her toes, so it looks kind of cheerleader-y. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, she can put her, her heels behind her head, um, maybe possibly disturbing. Um, and the other thing is, despite her big baggy pants, um, which I think are a bit of a restriction, and her hair, she can actually do a decent um, four-point um, Spider-Man squat um, but yeah, because of the hair, can't really look up. So that's probably um, a high point for the articulation around the the waist in these figures. Um, otherwise, the legs are kind of the fairly standard um, new leg. So you've got the T-piece crotch. Um, there's a, a mid thigh cut, um, double jointed knee, and ankle rockers, and a toe articulation. Um, because it's a a female figure that wears heels. Um, she does have heels on her feet, and they are not the best for helping pose. Because she's got that big bulk of hair, she's already top heavy. Um, she so and she wants to to lean backwards. Having basically just a kitty heel to lean back on does not provide a good base. Um, if you plug the tail in, which to be accurate to the character's portrayal, you should. Um, that gives you a way to try and balance her, but it means that the tail has to be down behind her, which um, limits some of your posability with the tail. Um, the other thing with this tail, so the tail plugs in, it's a separate piece, um, and it's on a ball joint, and the ball joint has um, a little bit of a other articulation like a disc joint, so you can actually move it around very nicely and bend it out to the side and whatnot. Um, the tail also has a cut in it, um, so a separate articulation point which I believe um, Freezer's tail had as well. So I think this is pretty much just going to be a reuse of a Freezer tail, unsurprisingly. Um, so you can actually get some some good different tail with the poses, which is quite nice. Um, we've talked about accessories. Those are the only accessories of the portraits, the hands and the donut. Um, the tail, I guess, could be considered an accessory. It's really part of the figure in my mind. Um, other than that, yeah. So her box is nice and pink. The backing card is pink. She has instructions behind the card per normal. Um, and that's about it. Paint app-wise, there's not a lot of paint, really. Um, most of it's just the cast plastic. So the earrings that she has, they're painted on. Um, the eyes are painted, but I think they're more like a decal. Um, the gold on her waist piece, so it's basically she wears margin pants, but um, she's not actually a margin. So she doesn't have the M, but otherwise it's the same. 
They've got gold on the white plastic. Uh, I think her tube top is painted on, and it's done very, very well. Like, there's no no bleeds, no nothing. Same for the um, top of her kind of sleeve gloves there. Um, and her gold wristbands, which also are painted on. Uh, ooh, there's a little bit of slop there or a little bit of mist spot where there's a bit of black on the very inside of some of those. But you're not going to see that unless you're looking for it. And, yeah, so I think the paints are very good. Um, go, Scotty. Can I, I can call Eddie. Yep. Can I ask, um, looking at the images, uh, it looks like there's like a little bit of glitter or sparkle uh, in the top, or is that just the images that I'm looking at here on Toyark? Uh, might have had some dust or crumbs in uh, terms on of on the black <laughs> in terms of on the the black parts yeah so i'm not sure it might just be like a semi gloss black um the sleeves seem like they have a little bit of sparkliness it might be some kind of um rub or some kind of leftover from the gold so it might have been that they painted the gold and then painted the black over the top of that um, I'm not sure, but yeah, there's definitely on, in some angles, there are a little bit of, um, metallic sparkle to it, but I think that's probably something to do with the way that they've done the application of the gold and the black, because you don't get that elsewhere on the figure, like you don't get it across the chest piece. Very cool. Oh yeah, I can see on the, the toy art figures you do, which is interesting. So whether that's some kind of rub from touching the gold parts and then touching the other parts of the figure. <laughs> while posing it maybe um somehow causing that uh yeah so overall um i think it's good as a figure i think it's definitely you know there's a lot of unique sculpting happened here um i can see the torso um getting reused if they wanted to do like a some of the the female universe six saiyans uh from dragon ball super um i can't see much reuse for that here at least not in dragon ball line I guess you could maybe use it for like a lunch or something. Um, the pants are pretty clearly um, reuse. I don't have a problem with that. Um, other than that, I think it's fairly decent. Um, I think the real problem I have with this, I think there are a few. One is it's a character that if you aren't playing a video game, it's kind of a what is this? Um, if you are, you're probably okay with it. Um it has the massive amount of new sculpting equals cost um, aspect. So it's already an expensive figure at $60 compared to some of the other more recent ones. And the accessories um, aren't that numerous. So, I mean, hands and portraits, we expect a, a single donut other than that. Yeah, okay. Tail, I guess, if you counted that as an accessory, okay. Um, that's going to take some of your costs. So... I think realistically, yeah, there's, it's probably a little bit underwhelming for the price, um, but I think it's very well executed for what it is. So for that, I'd probably give this an 8 out of 10. Hmm. I, I got to admit, I was surprised when they went a character from uh, Z Fighters that it wasn't... Uh, so in the game, there's kind of like these alternate versions of Goku and Vegeta and... Uh, the other Z fighters that are kind of these red and black evil uh, doppelganger versions. Yeah. And I got to admit, I was a little surprised that because that's just such a simple reuse and they seem to be the kind of popular characters like the uh, 
uh, Dragon Ball Stars did uh, exclusive versions for them at GameStops and EBs here. Uh, I, I am a bit surprised uh, Bandai didn't go that version for a Z Fighters uh, figure here. So it is uh, impressive that they went to a new sculpt uh, character rather than the simple reuse that they could have gone. I'd agree with that. I'd suggest that if they were ever going to do more from Dragon Ball Fighter Z, they'd probably consider doing um, something, some of those as like an exclusive, like a con exclusive or something, so it'd be a limited release. Um, considering that seems to be what they're doing lately at some of the cons, is just here's a repaint and it's an exclusive, and people seem to really want it, but it's a repaint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Very good. You know, it's a it, not not being familiar with the property. It's interesting. Um, like visually, to me, this figure is really appealing. Um, and I suppose because it's different from a lot of the other figures that I find look quite sameish because I don't know the you know the property same way. So it's funny how I think your knowledge of the property can obviously color then your feelings about the the figure itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair because I think if this was, like, if I didn't know anything about it, I'd go, yeah, that's actually a visually interesting figure. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the tail is actually something that I'd go, why is there a tail? Um, And I would consider displaying it without the tail if I wasn't concerned about the property, Um, simply because I think it actually looks a bit better without it. Um, Because of the way the tail joint is done, it's quite obvious, like, the join is obvious. Um, and it's one of those things where, well, it kind of limits. You can really only pose kind of you have to obscure the, the base of her tail. Um, and because the base of the tail is always on the figure and always hanging out the back of her pants, you have to obscure it anyway. So um, that's that's probably something that um, independent of the property would be a bit of a drawback. But otherwise, you kind of go, yeah, that's an interesting figure. And it's certainly a hell of a, more, a lot more interesting than, you know, Goku slash Vegeta times three or whatever, like your fifth different version of the same character. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. Where is that taking us on the the journey of uh, your figure arts reviews? Is this, is this it? Is there another to come? or There are four more that I already have. There are okay. three more that I should be receiving sometime soon. And then there is the other one that I have to decide what I do with, whether I claim store credit or whether I just get it shipped and then sell it off, which seems dopey. But if I have nothing I want to spend store credit on, then maybe it's worth it. But I'd have Mm -hmm. to compare that to the cost of shipping. Well, that's true. Very good. All right. Well, we look forward to the journey ahead. Thank you very much for that. We will take a short break and come back with our final segment for this show. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with Kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, anyone who knows me knows that I am a DC Comics guy, and I am a sucker for any new DC Comics action figure line. And 
with Spin Masters being one of the companies taking over the DC action figure license from Mattel in 2020, I was bound to have a go and a look at these. I was actually really pleasantly surprised to see that these are pretty easily available in Australian retail, which is awesome. And I just happened across the first two waves in one set in my local Kmart and one set in my local Toymate. And suddenly I have got a lot of plastic. And so I am not going to obviously talk about, I've got 11 figures sitting in front of me. I'm not going to talk about all of them in detail. I'm mainly just going to give a, you know, here's what these seem to be like so far, etc., and what I like and what I don't like. If you haven't caught up on what's happening with the DC figure line, we have McFarlane Toys with the Multiverse 7-inch line. I haven't seen those anywhere in Australia. I don't know if you have any. Uh, no, but they also, uh, I believe, uh, have either just about to or... Uh, coming up on their street date. So a lot of what's hit in the States already uh, stores, which is usually big retail such as Walgreens and Walmart and that, that uh, don't really care about smaller companies' street dates because there's no way a uh, small, still privately owned uh, company yeah. is going to contest them on that. Um, yes. So potentially we will start seeing them uh, early February uh, okay. here. They'll... Uh, turn up but cool. yeah as of yet no wording very good um i was actually quite excited because they were doing they are doing some animated stuff and i love the animated pieces and then i saw that dc collectibles has solicited the uh, justice league unlimited uh, beginning of that line um they're doing aquaman hot girl green lantern etc so i don't know if that blows it out of the water for me but i'll obviously road test those because i like things like that um so they mcfarland has got the seven inch line uh, license spin masters is doing three different dc lines a two inch blind box or a blind bag i'm not sure the four inch line that i'm reviewing tonight and then a 12 inch line and the 4-inch and 12-inch are obviously replacing stuff that Mattel either was licensed to do or was doing. Um, I've seen the Spin Master 12-inch figures as well, and I actually thought that compared to the Mattel figures, that they looked a little bit more appealing, seemed to have a little bit more articulation, a little bit more sculpting, etc. Um, that's not my bag. But I do love the the scale. Now, these are four inch, not three and three quarter, um, it, but they you know, sa same idea. The last time that we had a line of DC figures in the scale of any substance was the Mattel Infinite Heroes line, which came out with a bang and had lots of figures and then died really quickly. And the so I have a lens of having those figures and knowing what they're like and looking at these. So I will kind of try and just talk a little bit comparison-y wise as well as we go. There's two different series that have come out in this first release. There is a, um, what they've called the Heroes Unite line that has got, or I don't know if it's a line or a set or what it is, um, but that one has got Superman, Shazam, Cyborg, Flash, two different versions of Superman, the rebirth of standard uniform, and then the black suit with a beard guy. Did, has that come back in some form in the comics? Why is he around? 
Yeah, uh, so this is going to get really confusing, but really quickly, black suit with the beard is the uh, Superman from the New Earth, which is basically the Earth that existed after Crisis uh, that came back during the New 52 uh, during the event Convergence and ended up melding with the New 52 version uh, to form a Superman who remembers all that new uh, stuff and being married to Lois and uh, all that, uh, which okay. is now the Superman that Bendis is writing. Got it. But okay. yeah, when he returned, he wore the black suit and had the beard. Got it. I thought that must have been the case because we're getting a DC Essentials of that as well, and I was like, this must be a thing that I'm just not not aware of. That makes sense. And then on the Batman side, there is the Cape Crusader series, and that one has Joker, Nightwing, Robin, uh, I think 327 different versions of Batman, um, of which I only have two, and there's even a gold one that I don't understand. But that's you know I think this kind of price price point you know oh dad I want the um, the purple Batman as well, and there's a couple of deluxe figures too. There is a Man Bat, there is a King Shark. Um, I've got all of those. There's a Clayface set that I don't think has come out in Australia yet so i've managed to gather a, a bunch of them to road test the packaging of these i quite like they are compact square the, the single figures are compact square packages that have got a bubble on them part of the gimmick with these individually is that they come with missions and trading cards and then three mystery accessories and we all know how i feel about accessories even when they're good so the uh, when you open these up each one has got three pieces of pre-lost landfill that (laughs) i i um with a couple of exceptions and and uh, there is a album of just my really quick ugly photos of these online and you'll see about four photos of the figures and then one photo that is just a tray of all the crap that came with them that i can't even be bothered to is one of them a a billy batson that came with shazam yes yeah so that's kind of interesting i like that it is look and i obviously for some people this sort of stuff is going to be really cool right the the when you inside there's a little fold out guide that shows that there are actually different sets of these like they're the same accessories but there are other colors that are rarer than others etc and so if you were collecting this line and you're really into those sort of things then i can see you know there's going to be chase variants and all that sort of stuff and so that is that's very groovy it's you know certainly not in my collecting scope so while these are figures that i will quite happily universe build as figures i can think that i will just be instantly chucking all of these into a bag unless they um kind of have any character relevance which a lot of them don't seem to they the the kind of funny thing is where you would think that there could be some logical pieces like you know, with Nightwing, like you know, a, a staff or you know, something, they they tend to be more kind of gimmicky. And I'm not even going to talk about them, ex- with one exception, um, as I talk about the figures. But yeah, they they are there. 
Um, in terms of the, the figures themselves, they have 11 points of articulation, um, and the standard Infinite Heroes figure from memory was 7, The but some of the Infinite Heroes did have ankle articulation, um, not all. These, right now, as a standard, have got neck, uh, shoulder, elbow, knee, and thigh cuts, which I kind of don't understand because there's no ankle arch. So the 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 challenge, obviously, with these sort of things, obviously ankles um, can make things easier to pose. Um, the, the thigh cuts, I think, do um, help a little bit with mobility. They are quite chunky. That, so if you looked at, again, the Infinite Heroes or even like Marvel Universe 3 and 3 quarter, their torsos are, as a standard, a lot thinner than these guys. They've got really chunky sort of chests and torsos. That actually does give them, I think, more of a you know, a center of gravity. So they're actually pretty easy to stand up. So that my initial worry about the ankle articulation was that you know if you need ankle articulation, uh, then you are going to... Um, uh, if you need ankle articulation in order to actually stand them up, then it can be really frustrating not having it. But these guys actually balance without it, so if for the price point, that is fine. There's a decent amount of sculpting on some of the figures, so it's not just paint. Um, some are there's definitely a standard buck that the Batman, Flash, etc. have with quite a that really thick. Um, like barrel chest um, and uh, wide set shoulders, etc. But then there are there is a thinner version of that as well that like Nightwing and Robin have. One thing that is going to probably bother the more um, the literalists among us is scale wise, everybody's the same height. So Robin is actually a thinner sort of buck but he's the same height as everybody else one the 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 more standard gray batman actually shorter it's kind of strange so you know again these are these are their budget kids toys right but that that is one thing i found odd and i noticed that actually in the 12 inch figure as well is that the um the twelve-inch figures that there is a Robin that has got a thinner buck, but it's the same height as everybody else, and I was like, oh, "That's a bit." Now, how um, does that? Because this odd. Robin design is the Damian Wayne, which is uh, Bruce's young son. Uh, how does he scale up next to a DC Universe classics? Like, could someone get no, that no. Robin and put it? No, no, no. He's tiny compared to that. Yeah, he's he's a. Um, it's not. It wouldn't kind of work in that regard is too um the yeah but it's it's it is yeah no i've got a i've got like a mezco 112 scale um batman here so same sort of idea and no <laughs> no he'd have to be robin with some shrinking powers i think that's wonderful yeah, to, to oh that. they should do an adam figure <gasps> oh <laughs> Yeah. Well, you never know. They pro- they probably will. contact me, Spin Masters. It's Spin Masters. <laughs> um, just again, in another piece to comment on is capes. The this is something I think that's either going people love or really dislike these. That they have 
cloth capes with, that are attached kind of on the back and the cowl of the cape is sculpted. And what that means in some of the figures, and it's really noticeable in Superman and Shazam just because of the colors, is that there's a little gap. So it's, but I actually think posability wise, the cloth capes are great. The, when you look at, and I, and I did a couple of comparisons online of the uh, infinite heroes like Shazam, etc., and sculpt wise, you know, Infinite Hero Shazam's got a sculpted cape, etc., and it looks a little bit more upmarket, but it it it, it was, um, but probably posability wise, this is easier. And they do actually have because they've got the, um, like because they've got like proper hip articulation and they can do the splits, you know, etc. They actually have got really decent range of motion and articulation, so you can have a good. Um, kind of play and pose with them. Um, they all come with a big peg space in the back because some of the accessory weird things they come with have plug into the back. So again, that's fun if you, if you like that kind of thing. They don't have wrist articulation. They all have um, hands that can hold things. And again, a lot of the accessories um, are do that, but they're like clip-ons. So the one set I was going to talk about was Flash because he comes with a like a half cyclone type thing, you know, that he makes with his hands, and it just clips on through the through the the, the fist, which is fine. And then he's got a like a funny kind of lightning bolt that he can hold in his hand like a lightning bouquet. <laughs> yeah, he stole how I was going to describe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um so you know it's it's really kind of funny but there, be, probably cyborg is the only other one that came with something that i was like oh that you know that could be kind of like actually comic accurate and then there's just a lot of um plastic bizzo but i the figures themselves which is what i'm actually interested in you know they they are good fun the jo joker has got quite a lot of custom sculpting um so you know he's been given some attention and um again you know quite fun the oversized figures are actually quite cool so uh so the um man bat in particular i really 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 like um it is a uh got an awesome detail sculpting like the his fur or hair or whatever bats you know, have um he's uh got clip-on wings that clip onto his forearms um he's quite huge you know within scale again pretty easy to to pose um and that kind of something that i that elevates it for me and he's a standard figure so it's not more expensive than um, the other figures as well which is cool king shark is a deluxe figure and he is also quite fun um he comes with because you know if you were a shark which is a, a pretty a king shark which is a pretty you know powerful thing naturally you would feel um like you really needed armor mm -hmm. uh, you yes. know to wear around you so he comes with this clip-on like shark suit <laughs> but it's actually yeah but it's actually really fun like you know it is a um so uh, i 
I'm I'm so happy that these are out at retail. They're the kind of things that kids will see, and they're cheap enough that you know that a, a parent will buy them, um, etc. I I I I think that whether you're interested in them or not really depends on how much you like DC characters at this scale, because articulation and sculpt wise, um, they're very very. Uh, I I think for the the price point, um, they've actually done a fantastic job. Um, they're, they're you know nothing remarkable um I, I would gladly trade all that plastic crap for an enclosure and i i and you know again when you think about i suppose you know they're trying to work out okay well, what's the selling point here and if the missions and the um secret accessories and that sort of thing are a selling point well then cool um they're not they're not for me but i think i'm not probably like <laughs> but I, I i can see these as being like the fantastic uh if you're an adult anyway um fantastic sort of just desk tchotchkey kind of figures yes. where it's like i'm just gonna load up a couple of these on my desk of you know my favorite green lanterns or something yeah. like that and yeah build it and, the, uh, and I, I guess you know for me my my hope and this is what how i always get sucked into new things is that they my my hope is that they universe build if the universe build then i'm going to be thrilled because that is what i've you know loved about the um that's what i've loved about the marvel universe line which I, seems like it's finally died i i don't yeah. um hasbro has not done three and three quarter in the last couple yeah. of uh did they do um did they do a three and three quarter san diego i think year? that collector set was the last one the collector one, which was 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, they haven't actually said it's dead, but it seems to have died. Um, but, I mean, that, that even if it is finished, that was incredible in terms of just the number of characters that you, you got. If we can get this, the, the same kind of thing here, great. If it just turns into different sh different shades of Batman, oh, well. No, 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 no females yet. I don't know what's coming. But from... Um, the announcement of Spin Masters, which obviously in terms of the properties that they have been known for, um, you know, thinking, okay, what they're going to do action figures um, was quite a, a surprise. Um, but they actually, you know, I, I think they've knocked this out of the park for what it is. Um, it is uh, both in terms of distribution. Um, I think the packaging is super fun and the, uh, the, 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 they've definitely are taking the license seriously. And that to me is what is really exciting. So I, it's hard. I mean, I, I can only dollar rate, dolly rate them collectively and say, you know, probably eight out of 10, um, because just for me, I would much rather have ankle articulation and, um, not accessories, but again, I realize. I, um, but I hope that they do well enough so that we um, get more. There are, in terms of what's next, there are some battle packs coming, one of which is an Aquaman and Black Manta. Um, and so uh, we'll definitely get that at some point. But um, yeah, you're right, Eddie. These are, I think th they've got enough detail and fun in them that they are the sort of things that, you know, would be fun kind of, you know, around the desk and, and that sort of thing. And I like him. I love Man Bat. He's probably, he's definitely the bunch and the one that, even if you're not really these as a whole, I think would be worth grabbing because 
they knocked that one out of the park. Thank you, Spin Masters. Well done. Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be interesting to watch because obviously uh, they don't have the collector license. That's uh, McFarlane. So they yeah. have to be careful about how far they tread mm-hmm. going forward. I know there was, um, they have like a six inch line that has very little articulation and is kind of like the soap bottle uh, kind of figures. And people were complaining about that, but really they don't have the license to step too far into that collector territory. No. So I think looking at what they're doing here is interesting, like uh, doing characters like King Shark or the bearded yeah. Superman. is yeah. they, they are putting things in for collectors and nods there of like, yeah, yeah. we know the property isn't just Batman. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, and, things, I mean, so. and if, if the, the fact that they don't have the, the seven-inch um, license could be a win because if it means then that this is the scale that they've got to excel at and become known for, well, that's actually a win because, you know, that A, that's the sort of stuff that, you know, is actually, I think, sellable at at your big box read, um, who don't who don't want to stock up on the collector line you know, stuff. They, and particularly I think after some of them where they've just gotten screwed over by Marvel Legends, you know, overstocking ones that then hangs. It's the best of. I hope die a terrible day. Um, <laughs> and uh, is, is anyone after a songbird? I'm pretty sure I can. <laughs> I can get you a songbird. At... I mean, I love that character, and so it pains me that she's such a terrible peg warmer. But oh my so, gosh, yeah, so do I. But there's there is a whole bookshelf at Maya that is just songbird. Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. It's like you know, you might you might find a um, serpent society. What's his name? The um, uh, King Cobra. Yeah, King Cobra. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but poor songbird. You know, so um, if if that means they've got to excel at this, that's fine. I would love to see if they do keep moving forward. Obviously, as well as female figures, just a a younger character buck that reflects height better because. The you know the Robin is actually a really cool figure like it's really nice but you can't at the moment that you stand him with anybody else he's ridiculous is, so is that okay? Yeah. is that okay like I mean these are clearly toys for sure. kids of course if it is. you make it if you made a a Robin say half the height or three quarters of the height is that going to be getting too small for a kid to really play with it at the same like in the same way. Sure, and I think that's probably the thinking. Like, and that's why they've, you know, made him the same scale, etc. Mm. Um, I, I guess it it just you know depends on where where this goes. I was thinking more just about the you know kind of longer life of the line, and if they could find that sweet spot of something that keeps working at retail, but also keeps the collectors in. Mm. Um, and, you know, Infinite Hero, uh, Marvel Universe originally didn't have ankle articulation, and then it, right. and then and then it did. So, um. Very good, but yeah, no, really fun. I and and really, um, hats off to Spinmaster for um, I yeah. like it. I and I actually do think um, Marvel Universe. You, you've just put it in my head is actually probably a really good uh, comparison, better than I originally th- thought of when you first brought it up. But yeah, thinking back to those first waves of Marvel Universe where it was very similar bucks and it did sort of feel like coming from Marvel Legends to that, that it was a bit of the, the cheap drop-down line to have them at retail. But what they were able to do 
after those initial bucks and once they knew, okay, the line's working and going forward, like what that line became. Um, if these guys follow similar, it could be exciting. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, that was fun, guys. Thank you very much for um, another great evening of Troy Conversation. If you would like to join in on the Troy Conversation, the best way to do that is to go to Facebook and find the Action Figure Blues Collector community because that is a real joy to be a part of. There are some great people there um, that aren't us, um, which is awesome. And uh, it's really great seeing people getting to know each other and supporting and collecting and um the uh eddie really gets the uh, kudos for getting that kicked off and actually happening so thank you for that um you can find you can follow all the posts and new episodes on our official facebook page um we're on twitter at af blues and the wonderful lukey luke manages our instagram at action figure blues and we are not cool enough now chat the um but we maybe we'll grow up to be should we set up a a tinder account like just for the podcast if you want to date the podcast not any of the people on the podcast you want to date (laughs) well you know that's quite interesting um if you think about you know the the, sort of future world like saga or whatever i mean you can you can be in love with a carrot can you be in love with a podcast like if you sexually identified as a podcast no, no, it's just like, you know, you know, have you read Saga? You know, I have, but not as far it, as people falling in love with carrots. Well, the, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true or not. I kind of made that up. Is it? But I think that that was that is the kind of idea, isn't it, Eddie? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's some... You know, uh, b- before but... we go uh, too far uh, <laughs> off the rails here, um, oh, I, I did want to... We did that about just... 100 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Only I, <laughs> um, I did just want to read out part of a tweet uh, we got off CL on Twitter, uh, who says, at AFB Blues, uh, always enjoy your end of year episode. Good job, guys. Uh, and then talks about uh, how he's uh, dropping a few lines to focus on his uh, figure arts, Dragon Ball Zs and Hot Toys. And that's his plan uh, for what he's looking to collect in 2020. Um, and yeah, we always love hearing uh, from people, one, praise and also uh, what they're going to be doing with their collection in the coming year. So uh, if uh, you have any thoughts on uh, where your collecting's heading in 2020, and uh, what you think it'll be uh, looking like. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Very good. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. Always fun. Good journey. (laughs) Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.